What is up, Podheads? Back with another episode of the Podio Slate Podcast. My name is Tony. I am joined most of the time by another Tony, Anthony, and a special guest tonight. And he's not a guest. He's, he's a founder. He's a, he's a <laughs> core, core three member. Nate is back. How you doing, Nate? I'm doing pretty good. And uh, yeah, I guess founder. I, that's, <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, in, in the Wikipedia for Podio Slave, I guess I could say like, Nate, I'm like the Scott Rayner. Okay. Touring musician. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah, you're not you're not man overboard though. You're good. You're yeah. good. Well, it reminds me of uh, that whole Eminem uh, thing with like Lord Jamar. It's like Eminem's a guest in the house of hip hop. Is is uh, Nate a guest in the house of Patios? <laughs> never. I mean, as we've always said, he's never he's never a guest here. But he's a guest tonight because it's been a little while since he's been on, and uh, we're just we're back to do uh, the the damn thing with the three of us, like we were in March of 2020. Has it been that long? Uh, we've been doing it that long, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the last time we had Nate on was the <laughs> no, was that, like... we we had Nate on in July, right? We yeah. we did an episode with Nate in July when he was home in Maine, which was a blast. We did that at Rob's house, but Nerds at the Bar, as we like to do. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that what was, was the last, last interview was you did, Nate. Was it like Casey Iodine or no Buck Cherry? I think yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was Buck Cherry. Yeah, yeah Josh Todd, which was back Gosh. in when did we drop that? June. I think it was the beginning of June. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey. You're back. Let's do this. We're going to talk Let's... 2022 tonight. But, yeah. you know, for everybody who's new and hasn't listened uh, maybe that far back in our catalog, Nate, uh, Anthony, and I grow, go way back. We've been doing this since the start of the pandemic, really, uh, March of 2020. We decided to stop talking about it and buy the microphones and talk music once a week. And uh, we're still doing it, which is awesome. Nate just stepped back to do some family stuff. But we, uh, he, he's always welcome, as, as he knows. And we're going to... We're going to talk Blink-182 tonight, which is an episode we've been trying to do now for the majority of 2023, because this album means so much to all three of us. And I'll get this out there. For all the Blink nerds, we know it's the untitled album. It's not Blink-182. It's not self-titled. It's untitled. So I'm getting that out of the way, because there's just some contention online about that. I don't know if you guys saw that in your, in your just searches. Just a little bit. Just a little, a little bit. bit. I did see that. You know what's funny is I've always called it self-titled, and when I did some like research, Same. which it's been nice to do some like nerdery research, it is like sidebar, very therapeutic to just geek out like crazy. I'm like, oh fuck, I was calling it self-titled for the last twenty years, so I'm definitely that guy. But not anymore. Now we're back. We know what it is. It's untitled, and I actually, you guys may have seen them, and we'll we'll give them out a little bit later. But some of the names that they had for it before they uh, decided to go untitled. Oh, shit. I didn't see that. I found a couple. Yeah, I found a couple on Kerrang. Yep. I didn't know that. Like, less is more, like the whole biscuit thing. Uh, (laughs) Panty sniffer. I remember seeing all those. Yeah, it's in the the vein of their previous album titles. (laughs) Animal of the Dude Ranch, Animal of the State, Toy toy Padge. There's some some funny ones that they came up with, which I chuckled when I read them. Robert Smith wasn't down with that. (laughs) He wasn't. He's like, guys, I'll do do the song, (laughs) but change the album. Yeah, no, they probably, I think they were trying to go a little more, and we'll get, we can jump into it, but they were trying to go a little more, a little more mature on this one, and it obviously showed, and they went with Untitled versus, uh, let's see here, Diarrhea de Janeiro. Oh, mm. wow. Wow. I didn't know. Yeah, they made the right move. Yeah. Because wouldn't that have been something? They give these optics of we're all grown up, we, you know, we're now musicians, you know, we're true artists, we're not, you know, the... Poway punk kids from SoCal, and then they drop you with the diarrhea shit. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yep, <laughs> and would have been on brand for them. But they didn't even have a joke song on this record. So let's all right. Let's let's dial it back a sec. Let's let's get back to it's two thousand three, 
we first hear that, you know, new blanks coming. And I mean, for us, we had just graduated high school, right? Because this mm. came out the fall of, of the year we graduated high school. And it was like, oh boy, because they, they, were, they were massive. They were one of the biggest bands in the world at that time. Uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was huge. We did an episode on that way back on episode 60. I know that because I listened to it today. Uh, not because I knew it off the top of my head, but they, uh, man, they were huge. So uh, what do you guys remember about this? Uh, and, and Nate, what do you remember about hearing about this record coming out? Well, you mentioned Kerrang! magazine, which I had a subscription to for, I think, four years. I remember seeing it in a Borders Books and Music back in the day. Rest in peace. <laughs> I think it rebranded, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. And they were like $15 magazines. I'm like, I'm just going to subscribe. And uh, it was like $99 for the year, US dollars. So it was a good deal, I feel like. And they dropped a, a um, magazine on, I actually looked this up, on January 25th of 2003. I got the, the edition from Kerrang! of them like in the studio recording. And I remember being like, this is super cool to like, kind of get like a sneak peek on like their recording sessions and whatnot. Because like, you know. Rolling Stone and Spin Magazine and AP and all these things, it's always post. It's never pre. It's never like proactive. It's usually, you know, after the fact, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But Kerrang was very deep into the weeds in terms of like nerdery, right? Um, so they had a great article on like what we're doing in the studio, things we're kind of hashing out. And I remember reading it being like, what? Like one of the quotes, and I, I'm pretty sure this is accurate. I remember think, uh, it was either Mark or Tom were like, yeah, we're experimenting a ton, doing some sampling. I, it's hard to describe, but just like think of like Lincoln Park type vibes, and I was like Lincoln Park wow. type vibes with Blink, like that. I put my head in a pretzel for sure. Yeah, I was just I was like, are they joking? Because we know Blink is like a band that's not really taking things seriously. So I thought it was almost like a they, they were like just fucking around. But the more I think about that quote, I'm like, okay, like I don't think it's Lincoln Park, but in terms of like the off and on like vocals between Mark and Tom that are more like yelling and stuff and and uh the melodic you know conversing back and forth i was like okay i can see the lincoln park element there and then the sampling and whatnot so i think that's probably the context in which they were speaking upon but um it was cool because that was the only heads up and the fact that this magazine dropped in january 25th and the record didn't drop till november was like very much so in pre-production so yeah i just i had to mention that because i remember thinking like even the photos in the magazine like they look diff totally different Mark had like pink hair. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah Cause they, they did this all January, February, March of 23, right? That's when the, the majority of the production and then the, you know, recording and uh, renting out that house that they end up getting kicked out of. I don't know if you guys read any of that. Did you see that? I didn't see that. No. Yeah. They rented out a house uh, from like a family where yeah. they had porn playing all the time and were smoking a million pounds of weed. Yeah. Uh, while while writing the demos and writing the songs <laughs> and then trying to record them, they end up getting kicked out of the house. They they, if you look at the the studios where this was created, it's like five or six different studios: Signature Sound, Rolling Thunder, yeah. uh, and the Rubens House. Right, the Rubens, the Rubens house. house is the house they got bounced from. So, in typical uh, Blink fashion, let's watch porn and smoke weed and write write songs. I think the house was in Rancho Santa Fe too, which is yep. just yep. Um, east of where I live, which is like a really really like. It's, I think it's the most expensive place to live in the whole country. It's like oh, really wow. be amazingly beautiful. You feel like you're in this, and you go from like beach town in San Diego to like you just go east and it's like this lush countryside in the Trancho Santa Fe. So yeah, that house they were renting must have been 
crazy expensive. I know they blew a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they were only in it for three three months. I think three three or four weeks or something like that. Whatever I read, it was, it was shorter than they anticipated. That's crazy about the, like the breadcrumbs of maybe doing some experiment, experimentation with the music because I've always wondered, is that like PR and label giving you breadcrumbs or did that leak out? And with this, it was obviously intentional, right? It's in Kerrang. It's, it's very intentional. And to start at that far back in the cycle, hype cycle was fucking real. And like you said, Tone, Toy Padge, I don't know. Do you, I'm going to back up even more. Dude Ranch was perfect for the time. Enema, perfect. Yep. Toy Padge, perfect. So they're, they're, there's, there's hype. There's expectations. For all you Cheshire Cat truthers out there, it's good <laughs> for what it is. Right, right. Well, and they were they were definitely maturing as they went along too, right? There were songs on Enema that the Adam song that was mature. There was more of that on Toy Page, but also the funny dick jokes, "Happy Holidays, you fucker," right? I mean, like there's just and we talked about that back on on episode sixty, but they were on this record. I think what Tom had ended up going and and doing the boxcar racer thing with Travis and Mark was a little upset about it, as from what I read. And they were like, if we're going to do that type of music, let's do it under the blank name and we get this. So it's a different vibe than really anything they've ever done. Yeah, good point. In fact, had it not been for Box Car Racer, I wonder if this record would have been this ethos. I feel like it did need a little bit of a sidestep, as controversial as it was. And, you know, I feel for Mark, you know, that sucks that he just basically got left out of the picture. Um, completely unbeknownst to him. I don't think he had any clue, although he is on the record, right? On a track. That was probably after, the, after he found out. But oh, regardless, he, sure. he was on Elevator, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But had it not been for Boxcar Racer, I wonder if they would have just kind of, you know, played on the formula. Like, hey, this works. The record label loves it. We can just keep doing this pop punk thing. Pop punk was massive in 2003. So, like, to just like digress from that in the first place is huge risk. Bold move. But appropriate. For sure. Bold. Yeah. Extremely bold. But um, I think we can all appreciate the reasons as to why. One thing I have to note is in, I want to say it was 2002, Green Day and Blink went on tour, right? And did the Pop Disaster Tour. And Green Day dropped in 2000, I believe. I could be wrong here. Uh, Warning, which was like their like self-titled or sorry, untitled record for Green Day. Pre like going full on American Idiot. Like this is our mature Green Day. So, but Green Day had a long road to get to that like mature album. Like Blink, like you said, their records were like super punk, growing up to like Enema of the State, if you want to call it growing up, to taking off your pants and jacket, to just fucking light speed to, to Untitled. They didn't have the whole runway that Green Day did. They had a very short like time span. They were just on this rapid, you know, rapid growth stage. I got to bring in the business terms back now that I'm back on here. Um, hockey stick growth. So, it's interesting. I feel like there is some, some connection there with that tour where Blink, and this is just, you know, educated guess, where it's like, hey, we should probably follow Green Day's steps. We can't talk about dick jokes forever. Like, we're in our, like, mid-30s, which we are currently. Do we really want to talk about dick jokes? It's fun, yeah. But, like, we're all professionals at the end of the day. And Blink is, they're all professional and great musicians. So I think this was, like, the time for that to happen. and. uh I guess long story short, Boxcar Racer was kind of a kind of helped spearhead that. I think they, and I don't know if we want to jump into like the legacy of the album, but like they 
they had to make this pivot because if there was another enema two or toy patch two to follow and there's the dick jokes and there's the aliens exist part two or whatever we were what 19 at the time 20 i mean we still lived in that humor without a doubt i'm not saying we didn't but i might have moved on personally like all right i get it which is the irony the, the ironic thing is i saw them this year and they brought back the dick jokes live and i was as just as into it as ever well and it's on the new there there are a couple of instances on the new record that just came out in 2023 that are that i mean the song edging right um, right the uh right. the beginning of uh is it it's one of the first the, the video they did with the with the, the ramones tom says when i teach masturbation i just say have some fun with it like <laughs> it's still there they're still blank it's all you know they're having fun with it again which I kind of love that they're they've brought every era back in to today, but we can get to that at the end. But yeah, uh, you're right. They they needed to do this at this time because they were their fans were turning into you know young young adults, which is what was happening to us. And to have them also mature a little bit and give us a little more mature sound, uh, more songs that we could resonate with at nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and even today at thirty eight, thirty nine, <laughs> pretty pretty awesome. Well, the other thing I'll add is. As I always say, context is king. I think Hoppus got married in 2000. DeLong got married in 2001. So I, I, I read a quote from Travis. It might have, been, might have been from his book where he was like, we used to be, you know, three best friends, thick as thieves, nothing between us. And then two members get married. And then there's, I think there's kids involved in that time frame too. So things definitely change. It's like in high school, like three of us hanging out and then Nate gets a girlfriend. We never see his ass. Like he, he's on to the next thing, you know? No, oh, the relatability is the irony. The irony is so crazy. <laughs> the hiatus it all come, comes together. Yeah, no, I think um, life events can definitely change the dynamic of a, a group of people. I mean, Blink, especially. I mean, it's, it's, they're a pop punk band. And then you throw in marriage and kids and just getting older. But, you know, now that you mention it, and I had to bring up the Green Day kind of legacy and how much time they had to like finally get to Warning and then eventually American Idiot and everything after that. Is Blink didn't have that luxury. It was just everything was just so fast. So I think they probably could have extended that like toilet humor a few more records. But like you said, Tuan, like I, I might have dropped off too because I was listening to things that were extremely mature. I guess mature is not necessarily the right word for it, but like things that were like in a more um complicated context rather than blink like yeah this is fun but i mean i did the work tour in high school now i'm in college you know like do i really want to talk about this and the fact that songs that were on enemy of the state were about college it was almost still ahead of our time but with that said like we're lucky because the blink records really do resemble like our exact kind of legacy right like oh three we had we already graduated high school so we were kind of like ready for mm -hmm. the next thing anyway so the, the timing the timing is really impeccable for us uh, in particular online songs i mean we, we i'm pretty sure we all <laughs> yeah. had online songs lyrics in our away message in 2001 totally and then yeah. <laughs> that ends and goes away and aol and some messengers is, is is dead and we move on to uh you know always <laughs> right. or, or yeah. down <laughs> yeah <laughs> or i'm lost without you you know it's it's a different world yeah yeah, and like they, I think there was a, uh, I didn't read this, but I could kind of read between the lines. Like there was a switch where they were, they intentionally put a team together for this. Like this was, look at the credits. It's Robert Smith, it's Ken Andrews, a failure. 
it's uh pianos keys they had a team behind them and then like on the fallen interlude like there was contributions from types of artists that maybe would not have been in their world uh in the past and i think it was very intentional like think about us like if we just did punk a punk podcast and we're you know 150 episodes in i'm kind of sick of doing punk episodes you know what i mean I'm, I'm moving on. Yeah, you want to do something else. And, and not that we don't love punk, because we do, and we'll come back to that. But being stuck in that hole and having to do the same thing over and over again, it, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, that and call it Spotify is like, here's $600 million, just do whatever you want. Rent a mansion, Rancho Santa Fe, just fucking put out some gold. That's right. It was kind of a blank check. Like, let us know when you're done. I think I read that. Let us know when the album's done. That's wild. This is especially, I mean, the time frame it checks out. It's just before kind of the collapse of it because of the internet. But and we've talked about that ad nauseum on this podcast. But it's still pretty crazy that they were like, "You guys are at the top of your game. We're just gonna let you do your thing and see what comes of it." And this is what they gave us. Like they could have, it could have flopped miserably. Could have been a terrible record. We may not be talking about this twenty years on, but the fact that we are, the fact that all of that happened, is crazy because it just doesn't work that way very often. And I. I don't know if we said this already, but it couldn't have happened before now. It could not have happened. Imagine this dropping after Enema. It'd be like, wait, what? We're in the peak, the actual peak of, of like TRL Pop Punk 0102, mm. I think was the actual peak. And then for them to switch it up, that would be a huge fuck you to fans. Yeah. And if you're drinking at home, uh, Tuan hasn't said Venn Diagram yet. That's coming. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't said Super Stoked, although I will say it at some point. It's coming. <laughs> I yeah. promise. And, and and in real time, real it's coming. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say real time. In I'll real drink. time, baby. Drink. <laughs> uh, old, old jokes. Go back and listen to old episodes, please. All right. You asked about where we're at with the time, early memories. So I have a cool recollection of memory of this album because I saw Blink two weeks before the album dropped and they did the Dollar Bill Club Tour. So up to that point, I think maybe just feeling this came out and I don't know, I think there might've been a couple songs that leaked and I can't, maybe it was go. I can't remember what it was. So I remember being confused about what direction the album was going. I didn't have a Kerrang subscription. Sorry guys. I wasn't, I wasn't Nate, but <laughs> the fact that they dialed it back to the club days, it's like, all right, so they're experimenting, but the ethos are there. So it's like these two worlds, not colliding because they pulled it off great, but I, I saw them with um, Bubba Sparks. What was his song? Tone, you know. Deliverance was a big one. Yep. Deliver yeah. Great and song. A band, a band called The Kinnison, who I think was on one of their major subsidiary labels or whatever. They, they put them on. And it was a great show. Do you go to that, Nate? I was there at the Avalon. Nice. Right? At the Avalon in Boston. It was actually the, it was the tour kickoff. I looked, at, looked up the dates earlier. I'm like, man, I can't believe that was the first date of that tour. That was rad. I remember thinking, like, this is cool. It's at the Avalon. I think it was my first time at the Avalon, possibly. Dead of winter. No, it was November, right? Yeah. Yeah, fall. It was November. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, I had the same kind of, even with the Kerrang! magazine given. Um, and there was, there was some songs that leaked on, uh, on Napster or Scour Exchange or Bear Share or whatever it was. And I just remember, I remember being, speaking of, like, you know, your words, like, extremely confused because i was expecting yeah take off your pants and jacket part two and it was like just not that at all and i don't even know if i really enjoyed it at first i was just like 
Hmm, I don't know what I feel about this. Oh, they're playing Avalon Suite. I'm down. I'm down just for the old songs, whatever. It was one of those things where it's like, I don't know if I'm digging this new stuff, but, you know, Blink at a, at a club. And given it was my first time seeing Blink, I didn't get to see him on Taking Off Your Pants and Jacket or Enema. I completely missed that. Uh, another throwback to like, I didn't have a license to get down to whatever shows they're playing in Mass because they never came to Maine uh, in, those, in that heyday. So Yeah, and I still, I'm the only one in this room, this virtual room that hasn't seen them, but I'm hoping. Fingers crossed at Fenway next summer. That's that's the plan. Uh, I would say they still bring it. Having gone to the TD Bank show, like they, there was no skips in that set list, dude. And the banter was, you know, they were they were they were putting it on, but it was like every it was the reason why you, like you kind of fell in love with them to begin with. But the well, the other confusion con, kind of confusing part was feeling this. That is a good representation of the production on the album, and it was very produced, like very, kind of like you know, not, what is it, the, the Nine album, the one with Skiba, that was yeah. super produced. This last one, one more time, it's very produced, uh, which is different than, you know, Enema was was produced but in a different way. Toy Patch produced in a different way. This was like yeah. big room sound, and that's the band they are now. So, and, and they were going for it, I think, with with this record with with the untitled record to have some of those songs like feeling this which i think anthony you told me was going to be called action right and there's that little bit at the beginning get oh, ready yeah. for action get ready for action yeah yeah which i don't know if it fits i think feeling this is better that's i think they made the right decision on, on the, the the name of that song yeah the sampling seemed very off center at first kind of going back to like first impressions like ah what like what the fuck is going on like the Lincoln Park quote from Kerrang makes more sense because there's, I guess, I guess you want to call it a unknown fourth member with the whole DJ sampling. I guess that was actually Travis, right? He was throwing samples in there. And given his hip hop background, I, I kind of understand that. But, um, and yeah, production. Dude. I mean, this is probably the start of him doing a lot of that because he does a lot of it now. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it like, once, once, once the songs start getting out there, it's very clear it's produced. And I, I saw online to make it, it they Hoppus described it, described the studio as a musical laboratory. Over seventy guitars, thirty amps, uh, thirty or forty different snare drums, up to six drum kicks, various keyboards, turntables, pianos. Look at the credits; like it was, it was an arsenal of. I mean, this is what happens when you let a band at the peak of their powers, give them a blank checkbook and say, Hey, do your thing. And I don't know who knows if they were like input on the singles or whatnot. Who knows if, if, uh, was it Geffen? That was the first one on Geffen. Yep. Yep. But man, it was, and that's how it sounds. Honestly, like it, it sounds produced. Doesn't sound artificial, but it sounds very produced. Right down to the videos too. I mean, there, there's all kinds of money thrown at this entirety and, I'm I'm happy that it happened the way it did. I I love this record. I mean, we've had this one circled for a long time. It's it's a record that we wanted to do. We've wanted to talk to obviously anybody involved with it. It's it's not the easiest group of people to get <laughs> to get in there with. But man, I can't overstate how good this album still is. And first listen back in the day, loved it. Listened to it a ton. Sat with it listen to it through my 20s, listen to it through my 30s now, and it still doesn't miss. Like, listening to it today, in 2023, they're, it's their best output uh, for me, by far, and 
I, I don't know where I would be as a fan of them without this record. Well, let's dig into that. Does it have a miss? Is there a miss on this record? Ooh. I have one, but I'll, I'll wait. I'll, I'm going to look at the track list. Yeah. I'll slow play it a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. There's one that I tend to skip because it has a long intro. Mm, okay. So I remember even though MP3s were like the thing, there was no vessel in terms of playing MP3s mobile, right? There was no like MP3. There was no iPod in 03 or 04 for that matter. So I still had a disc, man. I think there was, um, man. I think yeah, there, there was. There was, but there was. It was, they weren't easy to get your hands on it and they were at expensive. 18 years old because they were super expensive. I remember there was one that looked like a disc, man. It was like 600 bucks. I'm like, I can't afford that. The yeah. Diamond, the diamond yeah. Rio. Remember the yeah. Diamond Rio? Nomad, yeah. too. Nomad made one because a buddy Mike had one of those. I don't know if he's listening, yeah. but if he is, Mike Nomad. in Texas. Yeah. That's funny because that's, that's exactly what I was thinking because I know he had one. But I have to say, so I had this record or this CD and I had it on a disc, man. And I went to Japan to see family and wore this cd out to the point where i think it like literally like you know when you wear you listen to a cd so much even if you're putting it in and out of a sleeve it actually eventually wears out unfortunately totally so i remember thinking there's no skips on this record because i played it front to back on the plane i literally like played this rec this cd nonstop, and i remember thinking there's no skip because i actually really liked the interludes it was a weird thing like i was saying earlier i didn't dig it at first but once i understood what was happening and appreciating like okay they're growing just like i am growing i listened to this record relentlessly and that trip to japan like flying to japan is a very long trip and i had like four cds with me it was like this it was offspring splinter and a few other records and uh yeah i i can't think of a skip because i thought everything was on here was super cool but i, I remember just like being so deep into the cd and like loving every minute of it i'm i'm actually kind of curious as to what tuan thinks is a skip because i'm not sure i have one either i mean there were times when I was younger, I would skip the Fallen interlude, but listening to it today, I was like, this is just a chance for Travis to flex a little bit, uh, both with his production, I think, and, uh, and, and his drums. So what is it, Twan? What's the skip? Asthenia. Asthenia. Okay. Oh, right. wow. yeah. I kind of like the intro. Long intro. And then I feel like the, should I go back? Should I go back? Should I? It's, it's repetitive. And I'm, I'm like, I listened to it today. Yeah. I did skip it today. I don't know if I did back in the day. That song feels like it would have fit on Toy Patch. Yeah. Oh, totally. Especially the verses. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And actually, now that we're talking about throwbacks, Go, to me, is a throwback to, like, Dude Ranch. Absolutely. Yep. It's, I remember hearing that, and I think that was one that leaked before the yeah. album came out. I remember hearing that, and it's like, whoa, okay. Not the happiest song either, as Mark likes to, to draw from, you know, the, the tough upbringing, which, completely understandable. Many, many artists do, and you feel it. You feel it with that. You feel it with Stay Together for the Kids. You feel it with all on the Blink catalog. If you're if you're paying attention, right? It's not all dick jokes. <laughs> I just I started laughing because I picture Nate on the plane to Japan, listening to Violence, and he's snapping. He's doing the snaps, and he's mouthing out Travis's. Yeah. And it's like, who the fuck is this kid? <laughs> just air drums on the plane, baby. Uh, that's a great song. Are we? Yeah, you want to talk songs? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, violence. Like, that's... The snaps in the beginning are a brilliant touch. Like, that's different than anything they'd ha ever done up to that point, and I think since. And that one does feature Ken Andrews of Failure. I don't know. I was trying to listen to maybe what he had input on, but that's another thing where I don't think they would have... not Maybe not thought to ask someone like that, but actually asked someone like that until this cycle, where it was like, all right, we get the keys to the kingdom. 
you know, fire off the wish list. You know what I mean? Yeah, who can we get? Robert Smith, Ken Andrews. Let's go. Yeah, with that budget and it seems like full creative control, I feel like it was just like, hey, make a phone call on my behalf. Okay, cool. We got Robert Smith. You know, obviously Mark was a massive and still is a massive Cure fan. So that was like probably a, just a dream come true. Like, who do you want to work with? What's your dream guest on a record? Oh, Robert Smith. It'll never happen. But oh no, we'll make it happen. Well, and they, they sent him the stuff and, and they were like, we're not sure if he's going to like the music, or if he wants to be part of it. But he was like, I, I really like this. Yeah, let's do it. And and sent back his part. And great song. Fucking great song. Yeah. And and I, I wasn't a, and I am a huge Cure fan now. And I, I was getting into them around this time. I couldn't tell you if it was because he was on with the on this Blink record or if it was because of just opening my eyes to different care things that I liked. But mm-hmm. uh, this definitely helped for sure. This pushed me along for sure. Oh, I'll admit it. I mean, I, I hate to admit it, but I'll admit it that like reading the cure and liner notes over the years and whatnot, I was like, oh, I'll check them out eventually. Well, another kind of tidbit to, oh, I'll check it out eventually. It's very yeah, someday, con- Nate. conducive <laughs> drink. to this drink. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, him actually being on the record, I was like, oh, I really like this guy's voice. I had heard a few songs, but this is cool, like, especially because it's vouched by Mark. But um, yeah, in terms of like favorite songs on record, it's like all of this, Easy Target and Violence, I think, are probably my top three. Yes. But all of this is such a vibe. I mean, it just kind of draws out. It's a perfect, like, show closer if they were ever to do a show closer with robert in the at the show that'd be awesome yeah yeah that's that's a dream right the dream nerdery right there i'm with you violence is one of my favorite songs on the record i tweeted out the lyrics to it this morning nobody nobody, (laughs) i put it on threads i put it everywhere i was like how is nobody catching what i'm putting down right now this song's (laughs) fucking amazing it's still amazing where are you guys (laughs) exactly exactly And a full disclosure, that's how we got Nate on this episode. I sent that Tom DeLong gift. Nate. And I was like, we're, we're DeLonging right now, Nate. Do you, do you want to join? Let's do this. Now's the time. Now's the time. <laughs> One more time. Toy magazine. <laughs> so, like, obviously, lyrical content change. Like, we talked about the sound. Lyrical content. I didn't know this until preparing for this episode like i i knew the holly references the someone by the name of holly and easy target all of this but i didn't know the backstory do you know what the backstory is i read it at one point but give it to me right now so apparently producer jerry finn uh, rest in peace in his middle school years he was in love with a female classmate her name was holly who invited him over only to have her and her friend drench him with a hose humiliated he rode home on his bicycle now how nice. that ties to like one how does that come up how that story come up how does the trigger be like uh let's write a song a reference you know or it's just a placeholder for someone else it's wow. wild yeah that is i fucked it i did not know that but yeah you can't say josie you can't say like <laughs> right. skylar because Mark's still married to Skylar. <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like anytime they write these depressing songs it's like well shit you're still married to this person so go third party. It's almost like writing an autobiography. You have to like change the names. So yeah, Holly. Holly works. Yeah, let's grab Jerry's uh, biggest tragedy, humiliation with a girl. Let's let's do let's write a song about that and get Robert Smith on it. And those are back to back songs, right? Yeah, Easy Target's eleven. All this is twelve. So they why'd they stop? They should have just kept using her name. I know. Can we can we get more songs, guys? I mean, they're back <laughs> together. One, one one more time. Let's go. <laughs> Here's your letter is actually to Holly as well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All time song. Oh, it is. So good. Yeah. 
I know I didn't put that in the top three. That is an amazing song. That's actually like the um. I feel like one thing to note is like the Blink records, at least like the Enema of the State to this record, kind of have like a sequence that are very similar. Have mm-hmm. you noticed that? Yep. Yes. So like, here's your letter for Blink is almost like a roller coaster. It's almost yep. and it's like the exact same track listing number as well. I think pretty probably pretty close. Well, that and I think that. And the same thing happens with Toy Patch. The back half of the record might get short shrift. Like, people don't realize how good it is, but it's yeah. fucking phenomenal. Same as with Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Like, don't stop after Stockholm Syndrome. It gets, it gets really good after that, too. Yeah, the end of this album. So you got, what do you got? You got Always, Easy Target. You got all of this. Here's your letter. So good. I'm lost without you. That, that's a run of five. And if you throw in... Oh, I didn't throw it in, but the, the I, I like Estania. But yes, yeah. I, I hear, I, I see both sides of that. The other thing is, I think Always might be a top five Blink song. It's like period. Oh yeah, that song is so fucking good. Yeah, come on, let me hold you. Yeah, I mean the harmonies there. Had they done anything like that in the past? I don't know. Not like that. Not like that. No, and the video is next level. Like, go if you haven't watched the video, go watch that video. It's it's like a triple split screeny type thing with the three of them coming in and out of the shot and trying to like talk to their ex-girlfriend. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool, really cool, well done video, especially for the time. Like stuff wasn't happening like that. Yeah. Well, you talk about track lists, how about how this mirrors toy page, uh, the fallen interlude is basically this album's happy holidays. You bastard. Like it's a break. That's their break. You know, that shows the maturity or I don't know something. Right. Let's dial back to the non-maturity. Uh, another name, possible name for this. <laughs> According to an article I read on Kerrang, use your erection one and two. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, man. Little, little Guns N' Roses, use your illusion uh, play on. Jeez. <laughs> play on words, right? Use your erection fit, one and two. No, it wouldn't have worked. wouldn't have worked. And it, it, it makes me wonder if, like, this is just kind of lore that they added, or if this was truly, like... It was in the mix. I, I don't think it was. I think this was always yeah, clean yeah. slate. This is, you know, coming of age. This is we're grown up. We're married. We got kids. You mean you don't think they wanted to name it vasectomy, vasectomy you? <laughs> is that another one? That is another one, yes. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I mean, that's the stuff we love about Blink. Whether or not that is funny for now for 2015 whenever this are i think the article i was reading was 2021 or those were legitimately on the table it's still amazing like either way it's fucking great do you think they picked the right song to close the album because all, all of this could have been the closer yeah good point and actually i thought about this today when because we always do the the uh album sequence breakdown stuff we we, we love this stuff and getting into the, the weeds on that Either one of those could have been the last song. I love with I'm Lost Without You because of its building. Uh, it's very like sparse at the beginning with Tom, and then it just kind of keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. It's it's great, and and that's I mean, it's it's not like many of their songs. This is a very different song for for them, I think, and I fucking love where where it's at. I'm not sure where else you'd put that song. Yeah, I've thought about this at length. Because I always thought, like, all of this is the perfect closing song. But Travis's, like, drum fills at the end of um, I'm Lost Without You just is perfect. It's, it's, like, it's like Weezer's Only in Dreams. It can, can kind of just go forever, you know? 
So in terms of placement for that song, like you said, Tone, like if it wasn't the last song in the record, you might as well drop that song off the record because it just it wouldn't have a way to kind of segue into a, a new a new jam. But if they did drop it, then all of this would be the perfect closing track. So yeah. it's almost like they I had per- two perfect closing tracks, and they're like, oh, let's keep both. Um, mm-hmm. Which actually, me- I have to mention, because of that, I mean, it's only, I don't know how many tracks are on this record, but like the B-sides for this record must be insane. Right. Because it's like, it's only 16 songs, but like, or is it 15 songs? Yeah, 15. 15. Oh, with the interlude? Or? Yeah, with the interlude. It's, it's 14. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the creative energy going into this output-wise must be they could have and it sucks that they broke up after this and obviously came back together but twice but the b-sides on this they could have just kept going i think they're all super proud of this record they could have kept the legacy going and um we were talking about like duds or not duds but like you know giving them creative control to do whatever they wanted like they definitely have missed right and we all know this mm-hmm. with neighbor neighborhoods for instance so this is just just happens to be they are still in the peak of their powers basically but it can go wrong. Yeah. But had they just kind of kept going with the flow, they could have just rode this um, untitled record for another legacy, kind of like a two-part similar to Topaz and and uh, Enemy of the State. Yeah. I, I think they kind of have to today, and the new record is good. Uh, it's not this level, but I think I'm really happy with it, and we can we can talk about that in a minute. But the number of songs is funny, because if you look at Spotify, it's 16. But it's not right. One of them is a live anthem part two. Yep. And then one is oh, right. the the um, Stockholm Syndrome interlude, which is just on the end of violence mm, during uh, yeah. during the this on the CD. So we've experienced this record a bunch of different ways because of that, which uh, it comes with being you know close to forty and having lived with it for twenty years. Uh, technology has changed. The other thing that looking at it right now. Nine and a half million people have listened to the Stockholm Syndrome interlude, which wow. I hope at the end of violence would just hit next to hit yeah. Stockholm Syndrome. Like, because there was no reason to listen to the once you heard it once, you're like, all right, I'm ready to move on to the music. Like, that's why I'm here. It's cool, but yeah. So you do skip songs. Okay. You're coming around. That's not a song. Oh, <laughs> I, come on. It's talking. <laughs> Full transparency. I guess one of the bonus tracks was a song called Not Now. Which I don't, I'm not familiar with. Are you guys familiar with it? It was on the UK. Uh, yes, because it was, version. The, it was on the Greatest Hits record. That's, That's right. It was. Yeah. Yes. But I don't know it. I don't know it either. Yeah. Oh, damn, dude. A great song. In fact, should have been on the record. Great. Oh, wow. Great, okay. Great song. Um, hey, actually, nerd homework, my, Nate? You give me nerd homework? It's I know. I actually have one. Appreciate <laughs> <that>. <laughs> no, it's actually one of my favorite Blink songs. And I remember wanting the Blink Greatest Hits vinyl for that song, but also because it was a black on black album cover which i thought was red yeah but yeah not now it's cool not now it's really good well it says the guitar i'm looking at the it online here it says the guitars are reminiscent of uh the descendants so mm-hmm. is, is it more in the punk world versus something like violence or i miss you which we haven't um, even talked, talked about yet we can <laughs> i'm not gonna leave any clues you'll just have to check it out okay. i'm surprised you haven't heard it yeah listen it, to that it, one it, fuck you really have don't, you? don't ask, don't ask any questions this is a podcast <laughs> Uh, I would put money that I haven't heard it. If I listen to it and I've heard it, I will be surprised. Hmm. Yeah, I remember when it dropped. But yeah, it was during that kind of difficult Blink era because we all were super heartbroken when they broke up. So I think it dropped on the greatest, yeah, greatest hits record. And it didn't get a whole lot of radio play. It was like a month or two. 
So, Nate, you, you heard it in real time? In real time, yeah. Wow. All right. All right. Man, yeah. Drink. All right. <laughs> uh, the other thing, I, I remember them going on tour with No Doubt the summer after this came out, right? And talking to my buddy Bert, who I actually just went to Tool with a couple weeks ago, and him being like, let's go to this show in Mansfield, Mass. I'm like, nah, dude, I'll, we'll catch him next time they come through. And then if I can break out, I'm like, God Ooh, damn it. Let that be a lesson. Yeah, he, I, I've apologized to him for tw- close to 20 years on that because we should have gone to that show. That was a huge mistake because me and a friend of the pod, Rob, went to that gig at Mansfield Tweeter Center at the time. I don't know what it's called now. Um, yeah, it was, I actually wrote this down. It was on June 8th, 04, with no doubt. Fucking crazy good tour. And we were in the pit section of Twitter Center, which is like really hard to get. He got tickets Very from hard the record label. Yeah. yeah. He got uh, tickets from the record label. So we're in that like small, like the pit, for anyone listening at the Twitter Center or whatever the amphitheater is at, uh, in Mansfield. Xfinity Mass. Center. Was Xfinity, Xfinity Center? Now? Yeah. I think it is. It was Twitter, Comcast, been a bunch of different shit. It's like a tiny little pit. It's basically like privileged seats. Um, Coming from the label, it makes sense. But yeah, dude, that tour was amazing. And I remember thinking as I was watching them, I don't know if Rob has the same uh, mentality, but just thinking like, this is fucking awesome. And they're killer. And I remember Rob saying, dude, Travis is a monster on the drums. He's a total punk rocker. But there was something in the air, like the, and maybe because I remember really loving the live Blink record where they just like Mark and Travis just like shit on each other and just mm-hmm. have a fun, yep. fun time the whole time. And it was just like, play the song, play the next song and just keep going, and they didn't look at each other. And I remember thinking, like, oh, you sniffed it off. Yeah, something's weird, or I'm just, like, everything I, my, my like, um, preconceived notions of this show was supposed to be, like, fun and geeking out, and everyone's just, like, there was no jig jokes. It was just, like, get through the set. And I remember being, like, this is, I understand the record's more mature, but, like, even the show, I was just so thrown off. But I remember thinking there was something going on. So when they broke up, I literally was not surprised. It was like, okay, like, yeah, clearly shit's not cool. You get to see, you saw them unhappy with each other in person on stage for an hour. Yeah, well, it was just like the stereotypical, like, yeah, we're on tour, we're burnt out, we're just fucking doing, going through the set. But they fucking slayed. But it was like, you're not even going to talk to each other at all? You know, like, what? It was really, it was crazy, but they fucking nailed it. It was just like kind of a bummer, because I remember thinking the Blink, the live Blink record that I had, the Mark... Tom and Travis show was like so fun. Like the interludes or like them making dick jokes in between was like part of the gig. It was almost like half stand up, half oh, rock yeah. show. <laughs> that's what you got in the spring, right, Tuan? I mean, that's that's what they did. Yeah, and, uh, it, yeah, they did do that. And it was like funny lead up. Like, are, are they serious? Are they not serious? Because like, yeah, you're still kind of feeling them out. Like, is this new blink? Is this old blink? What is this? And then like, totally. there was some story about how they said they were climbing a mountain. And then, so you're like, okay, well, maybe, like, they did or something. And then, like, there's, like, a dick joke. Like, and that's when I taught Mark how to masturbate or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, okay, they're back. I think they ditched the dicky shorts and the Macbeth and all that. Like, I think that's behind them. And that was probably, Nate, when you saw them in 04, uh, those optics were probably behind them. Because they changed their logo, too, right? The smiley, mm-hmm. that, was, yep. that was new for this rollout. So this was intentional, like. Yeah, there was just so much to it. Like they were sporting Hurley, just wearing whatever brands would pay them. That was huge in SoCal back in the or the punk rock scene back in the day with like Warped Tour. It's like, hey, wear black flies, you know, sunglasses, and we'll give you a sponsorship. We'll just literally give you free shit. We're not going to actually pay you, but we'll give you free swag. That morphed into, yeah, like Tom launching Macbeth and like 
loserkids.com and like we'll do our own shit. Why are we trying to support Hurley when we can like literally make our own product and have our revenue stream on on the side? So yeah, that was a different that like played right into the self-titled record. Like, okay, we have like our whole business machine, merchandising and everything, full encompassing. That's a great point. Not to cut yeah. you off, but like they had famous it was a stars and straps. They had yep. I yep. yeah, loser kids. That's a throwback. Uh, Atticus wasn't that in their world that was Atticus yep, shoes yep like that was they had their own world and it's interesting I we'd have to look at photos of like them touring because like I mean take the I miss you video they're not wearing that stuff they're they're dressed up playing character you know right and that's completely different than other videos on this this record like they did different things and to to be as entrepreneurial as they ended up being and also kind of cut it off when it was really on its way to blowing up is wild. Like the fact that they were at the peak of their powers, were making amazing music, whether it be together or, or separately, because they were all in other things that were really good. And to just say, nah, we're done here. We can't, we can't stand each other at the moment. Uh, I'm glad that it didn't end that way because obviously we, we know it didn't and we, we get the new record this year and I really like the new record, but it's wild that they were as smart as they were coming from the that world because there there aren't a lot of bands that did that i mean one over my shoulder green day was 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 one of the bands that was big and got to the point where they were uh, doing similar things but blink was always really smart about that stuff even when they were making dick jokes yeah i think it's a conduit of the environment with southern california like all the industry is here so it's like, why wear a Hurley shirt when literally there's Wait, a t-shirt printing place? You live up there. The I, I thought we were going to get some people from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are they? <laughs> where are they? <laughs> but Twan, like you said, I saw the tour too out here in San Diego. Um, night one of two nights for, for Blink. And it's funny because it is a script. Like that whole mountain thing. Like they did that Do you know what thing. I'm talking about? I was trying oh, to remember. Oh yeah, it was specific. definitely part of the set. It yeah. was not like, you know, on the, off the cuff like the... Mark, Tom, and Travis show where it was like in the moment or in real time drink. It was definitely part of the set list. In fact, if you look at those set lists, now they kind of work in the industry even more so. It's usually they have a note like, or a cut to that video or a cut to that, you know, portion of the show where we're going to like go through this whole thing, which is very much a production thing. You have to like time it out so you don't screw up curfew and, and whatnot. But um, I got to say, I agree with you. I think the show's still there. I think the band's back. But it's a different band. They are older, oh, but they're totally. trying to sprinkle yeah. in like the youth of who they are, but also capitalize on what they are now, which is a monster of a band, especially with Tom Beck. And the new record, like you said, Tone, uh, Tone I, did, I listened to it. In fact, I didn't listen to any music for a long time. And you said, hey, listen to the record. Like, I know things are crazy, but check out the new record. And I listened to it once. And I was like, fuck, I really like this record. And I listened Same. to it, I want to say 20 times back to back, like fucking geek style. Wow. In headphones. And I was like, wow, in headphones. This is strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and thinking like, there was a very considerate effort to make this the best record that they could possibly make, which is super cool. And also the fact that Travis produced it was a surprise because uh, Neighborhoods was such a flunk. And the production credits on, on uh, Neighborhoods is Blink-182. It's not even like Mark, Tom, or Travis. It's literally like the band produced it. And I thought, like, dude, learning lesson, do not produce your own record because, you know, too many, too many chefs in the kitchen. Just do what you're good at, which we've talked about on here as well. Like, you know what you're good at. Be the band. Don't be the producer. And the fact that Travis produced this and it came out the way it did is actually shows that, you know, it can be done. And Travis is obviously, he's got a good ear, but yeah, 
it's a risk, right? Because it's like you don't want to fuck it up again, especially when this is kind of the last chance this band has to really make a go of it. Well, and Tom's out here saying earlier this year, it's the best stuff we've ever done, which respectfully, Tom, I disagree. Uh, Self-titled or untitled <laughs> is the best record you guys ever made. But the new one's cool, and I'm really happy that the new one happened, and there are things that I've come back to on that one more than I thought I would after I, I listened to it the first day. So, And I remember listening, and I've said it on this pod, I remember listening to it the morning it came out and being a little emotional about the fact that they were back yeah. because I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've lived this band since I was 13, 14 years old, and for them to have the weird, windy road they've had and to come back and make a record like that, which is really good, uh, I'm happy. And, and it's records like Untitled that made me hopeful that we'd get something from them again that was, you know, worth, worth our time. And they, it's there. And that's a great point. Like they, they, the writers, if you look at like the writers and credits on the new album, there's more people involved than like past, like a lot. They were not going to let this album flop. Now, is it their best? No, it isn't. Sorry, Tom. Uh, don't at me in the, in the DMs. Don't come <laughs> at me in the DMs. But it's, it's very good. Like it's, it's the best album, I think, since Untitled. Agreed. Yep. All right, let, let's get into the legacy of this record. Obviously, like this added to their legacy because it's, it's a pivotal moment in their career where, again, if they put out Toy Patch 2 or whatever, it might have, you know, some people might have gone man overboard. But what I think is interesting is I think this album gave clearance to other bands in the scene to do like a left of center album. And I thought of a couple. So let me know what you guys think. Would NFG's Coming Home? I was going to say, out? NFG has to be the first one. Yep without this i don't know i mean who knows and the other one is the good charlotte the chronicles of life and death it's like mm -hmm. that like i just want to live that song like it's it's a departure for them it's a big departure now is it sonically the same as blink no but it's it's a band that was in that world doing something very different when there was there was runway for those bands to do another pop punk album there was no it's a great call in fact it's funny that you said that, because if you didn't say New Found Glory coming home, I was going to jump in and say, dude, that record, 100%. And they were, I know they were super tight then, and they probably still are now. But there was a shift, so they definitely like, were a catalyst to that New Found Glory. Oh, well, maybe again. Green Day. Another ca catalyst. Good, good, or, good uh, pull with catalyst. <laughs> made like that. Or a Green and Day. Right, Green Day, yep. Or like, you know, throwback interview with Scott Russo with Here's to the Morning. Like, that was a giant shift from Elva. You know, just like the maturity is kind of a depressing record, to be honest. But, but it's around it that same time. Yep. Yeah. Not to go full Green Day, but I, the sellout book, the Dan Ozzy book, mm -hmm. it's on Spotify. So I've been listening to the audio and I just finished the Green Day chapter. And apparently, Time of Your Life, Good Riddance, was written like during the Dookie era, like in that earlier. Oh, wow. So like Green Day were, they were playing uh, with it around that time. Yeah. They were, yeah. It's crazy. Like they, Shout out to those guys, because they planning moves ahead. They were playing chess. Yeah. Well, and, and think about even, and we don't talk about Brand New a ton because of the, the stuff that's gone on around that band, but your favorite weapon into uh, Deja around totally. that time. And, and it's a little more emo, but similar. Like, there's some pop punkiness to, to uh, your favorite weapon that they completely leave. And they might have done that anyway, but it, it, this if you're looking towards a band that you loved, that maybe you came up on, like Blank, Oh, I can take that left turn. Like, why the fuck not? Yeah. No, it's, I'm happy we're talking about this because at the time, I remember back in the day when we were recording, like, 
especially with guests. Like there was an era, probably until like 2001 ish, where like music was supposed to be stay in your lane. You can't do a ballad. This is who you are, you know. So like Green Day, like you said, Good Riddance. Um, when you were talking about that, I was thinking of like the back behind the music for Chili Peppers and like Kiedis had written uh, Under the Bridge, but didn't want to show it to the band because it was like so like not like their funk rock. But I Could Have Lied is also on that record, which is even more ballady, I think. In fact, I like that song better than Under the Bridge, which is like so left center of like what they were doing at the time and just shows like, yeah, we're all human. Like you're not just fucking punk rock. You're not party all the time. Like you have your somber moments. So like it's good to have the full spectrum of emotion as an artist. If not, are you really human or are you faking it? Or is it really, is this really how it is? It's actually great to have sprinkled in things. And like we were talking about earlier with like the ballads on this Blink self-titled record, like that's appropriate. It's always appropriate. It should always, it should always happen. It shouldn't just be typecast, right? It should always be a little bit of everything. And that's what makes it a full piece of, of work. So the fact that there was such hesitation for such a long time, is unfortunate because now it's like, yeah, dude, I don't just listen to new metal. I listen to new metal. I listen to fucking Zeppelin. I listen to Moby at the time, at least. You know, like it's not specific to anything, and that's why music is so beautiful. It's a universal language. But it wasn't till like oh one or oh two or whatever it was after like that like you could break away from that. It was like we again talking about like back in the day seeing someone wear a Tool T-shirt in high school, like black Tool, like what the fuck. And now I love Tool, but mm-hmm. like. No. Just the name, let alone like the optics. I was like, ah. A, a big piece of that too is probably our age at the time. Like we we were becoming young adults, and our antennas were up as everybody's are at that age. If you're a music fan, to new and different experiences, and it just so happened that one of our favorite bands gave us one of those in that moment. So that's the reason I think it resonates so much for me is that I was in flux as a person and. A band that I loved gave me something that was also in flux for them, different, and it still resonates because of it. So we, we were lucky to be that age at that time, I think. You're not the only one on that, like, this resonated. Because there's, like, the 20-year retro articles have been coming out for the last month. And there's a camp of people where this is the only Blink album they like. This is it. This is the only oh, one they man. like. That's crazy, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like... I could see that if you were a few years older than us, where you weren't 14 and 15 when Enema came out. Maybe you were 23 and you're like, I don't want to fucking listen to Party Song, or I don't want to listen right. to Aliens Exist, or, you know, Happy Holidays, it's Christmas Eve. You exactly. know, I'm, I'm exactly. like, I'm over yeah. that. But then this comes along, they, it's a rebrand. It's a total rebrand, but it hits. Mm. Out yeah. of the park, too. <laughs> hits it out of the park. As always with these uh, album deep dives, we wish we had more time. We wish we had... Uh, th- there's a million things we've left on the table that we'll do again, maybe down the line with these. And uh, we're really happy that you were able to check this one out. Super stoked, even, Drink, uh, that you were able to check this one out. And it-, it probably means a lot to you, too, this record. And uh, we couldn't be happier that you spent an hour with us talking about it, listening to it. Totally. Yeah, keep coming back. There's album deep dives like this for other records that I don't know kind of are, are kind of adjacent to this. Plenty of those, plenty of interviews. Go check it out. We should probably do Enema or Toy Patch too. So well, we did Toy Patch, but we'll probably do, we Enema, do Enema. Yeah, maybe the 25th year. So that's next year. That's crazy shit. Nate, what are you yeah. doing in 2024? Want to come back and do Enema? I am down. You know, it's cool is just 
speaking of on on all this uh this record and both of you talking about this record and just you know geeking out in general is the fact that like it all it's very subjective everything we're talking about you know because for us like we are the certain age of like the music that transcended to us at the time and so everyone's going to have different views like you said tuan like you know this is the only record they know and whatnot but um that's the beauty of it you know looking at it from a different lens this is our lens because we happen to grow up with each other and live this record and this music and this time and like the market and everything that was going on in real time drink but um i have super appreciative of that like if i was older or younger i don't think it would be the same in fact i don't think the nerdery would be the same i don't think i'd be the geek that i am today for that so i'm super happy that i was can just oh, have you just the f- doxed yourself bro i did <laughs> have the full spectrum of like the old and the new but like we got like but we definitely like landed the cream of the crop in terms of like where music was and where it is going and just talking about the new blink record like okay we understand the roots of where it is like how it got to this stage we can see the ingredients and can totally appreciate it on a molecular level so Hell yeah, dude. Great wow. way to... We're on um, molecular level. We're mic, mic dropping drop. on that. We're mic drop, yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to Body Slave. Uh, all of that info about how to find us, if you <laughs> stumbled upon this somehow, is coming right now. But uh, we'll be back next week with another one. Can't wait. See ya. Peace, Bodheads. Haven't done that in a while. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Patio Slave. We are at Patio Slave on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places that you can find us on social media. Facebook, Patio Slave Podcast. YouTube, Patio Slave Podcast there. Email us at Podcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you want to become a supporter, click on the link at the bottom of the episode and give us a dollar, give us five bucks, it keeps the lights on, keeps us going. We really appreciate that stuff. Thank you. Hey, I got one question for you guys. Mm. Can you recite the party song front to back right now? Ooh. No. I'll do it. I'll do it. Do it. I'm going to close my eyes so you know I'm not reading it. Oh, perfect, perfect. There is video, folks. Do you want to come to a party? My friends pick me up in their truck at 11.30. There's things at a frat house where people are cool there. Reluctant, I follow, but I never dreamed there would be someone there who would catch my attention. I wasn't searching for love or affection, so I paid my three, and the girls got in free. We shined the beer for tequila, and we headed into the party. <laughs> And then in the back, I got some terrible Scott band. Someone in the background was doing a keg stand. This place is so lame. All these girls look the same. I wish I would have stayed back at home, watch the TV alone, or support of some porn of sex on the phone far away from people. I hate down from anywhere. They know turn in socks and to get them head after a party. <gasps> and then I saw her standing there. I'm he out of breath. Put it on his hands, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Peace. <laughs>